Welcome to the Catholic Brides Podcast. My name is Anne, and I would like to welcome you to my show. On this podcast, we will be talking about what it means to be a Catholic bride, how to prepare for marriage, and how to walk with your spouse towards heaven. I'm excited that you're here, and I invite you to grab your favorite drink, settle in, and let's have a heart-to-heart about what it means to be a Catholic bride in today's world. Welcome back to the Catholic Brides Podcast. I'm super excited for today's episode because we're going to be talking about engagement and the period of time leading up to your wedding. So if you're not yet married yet, this episode will be for you. And we're just going to be talking a little bit about the time preparing for your marriage, what you can do to prepare for your marriage. And I'm really excited because I'm joined by a very special guest, Gina Updike from Buffalo, New York. She has a Catholic wedding planning business there. She serves brides in New York, but she also travels the country and has clients all over. So I'm really excited to welcome her to the show and we can have a conversation all about being engaged and preparing for your wedding, but also preparing for the sacrament. Um, Welcome to the show, Gina. Hi, Anne. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself and your faith journey? Sure. Great. So, um, So I am 23 years old. I just recently got married last year myself, and um, my husband and I moved out to Buffalo, New York, um, a few months ago from New Hampshire. So I have a lot of um, my family, and I grew up in New England. Um, I grew up a practicing Catholic in a family that practiced Catholicism, and I went to a Catholic school um, and then went on to study at Franciscan University. But I didn't um, really, you know, adopt the faith as my own. I'd say my faith journey really started in college at um, a retreat in, in school. Um, and it's it sort of, you know, uh, piggybacked on a relationship with Mary. So I'd say um, that that kind of started when I was at World Youth Day in Poland in 2017, I think that was, no, 2016. It was 2016. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, and kind of came back with this devotion to Mary, and um, my faith journey kind of just sprouted from there, I would say. So I've been Catholic my whole life, but um, I've been, you know, much more serious about my faith in the past, like, four years or so. That's super cool. I also was at World Youth Day in Poland, and definitely that was was a super, super powerful experience just to kind of be there with everybody. Yeah. And like experience the faith in like a different way and with people of all different or like not religions, but all different cultures, um, just coming together (laughs) to celebrate it was super cool. Yeah. Awesome. It was really, really cool. So you're a wedding planner. So could you tell us a little bit about, um, what you do and how your passion for weddings kind of started? Sure. Yeah. So I've always been, um, passionate about, planning and organization in general, ever since I was like maybe 10 years old, um, I started by planning my own, you know, birthday parties and sort of, um, upgraded from there. Um, 
but I, you know, when I was originally trying to, um, figure out what the Lord was calling me to, as far as a career path, um, I was really starting to feel called toward some kind of a planning position. Um, and I pursued for a little while more of like a corporate planning, um, you know, like, um, corporate Christmas parties and big five-day conventions and things like that. So I did a little bit of, um, interning with a company in Boston that did that sort of thing. And I really had my heart set on that. Um, but the Lord just kept opening doors for me since then in the wedding industry. And I kind of took, um, took that as a cue and really just started to find my niche in that industry instead and found a love for weddings. Mm -hmm. Um, and a few years ago, I, you know, I had been working in the wedding industry already for about five years um, throughout college and after graduating. And then, um, I was working for secular companies and then I just sort of felt this tug on my heart to focus on Catholic weddings. And as much as I, you know, enjoyed my job working for other companies, um, I just really just felt every time I'd have a client that I, I just felt really focused 100% on the party, 100% on the reception, um, and on those details and, you know, which is great for the planner usually, because that's where you can kind of start to shine and, um, with your design and decor and all of that stuff. But I really just felt God sort of calling me to focus on the sacrament. So when I started to look into Catholic wedding planning, there wasn't really, you know, any like companies that do that, especially, you know, <laughs> big companies that would look to hire second, third, fourth, fifth planners. So, um, so that's when I decided to start my, my own company so that I could focus on the sacrament with my brides and not just on the details of their uh, wedding day, but also help them prepare for marriage in general and sort of be involved um, on, you know, both of those aspects with them while they're engaged. Awesome. I like how you said that um, you help them to focus on the sacrament and not just on the party because especially like with the secular world and the secular like wedding industry, it is super easy to get caught up in the planning of the, the, the wedding, but the reception is like the highlight, whereas we should be focusing more on the sacrament because the sacrament is the reason that behind everything right. else and everything else kind of flows yeah, from that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Wow. That's, that's a 100% um, what I've been thinking and just swapping, you know, from the secular clients to the Catholic clients, it really was, you know, immediately apparent that, that, you know, in the secular world, I was working for these brides and the ceremony was like, yeah, we'll set up some chairs. I'm going to walk down the aisle. Um, and some people, you know, didn't even want to set up chairs. They just were like, well, I'm not going to rent chairs so that people can hear me talk for five minutes you know, it just mm -hmm. wasn't that big of a deal to them. Um, and we spent almost a hundred percent of our time on, um, the reception and then going from that to the Catholic clients and the Catholic industry, um, side of weddings. And it's kind of the reversal. The first thing that we want to figure out is the church. The first thing we want to figure out is, you know, all of the, um, the details surrounding the sacrament itself. And like, that's the most important thing. And especially right now with COVID interacting or interfering with um, 
a lot of people's plans, mm. unfortunately. But um, especially right now, it's so beautiful to see Catholic weddings still happening and mm. Catholic brides still feeling like they got their wedding day, even if all that they get is the ceremony because that's their focus. And that's just a really beautiful uh, testament to me and to I think I think everyone <laughs> should should get to experience that and um, see that that's a thing because uh, it really is the most important piece of the piece of the puzzle here yeah for sure right? <laughs> I I totally agree with you and I think that it's so sad that in the non-catholic world there is a lot of people that are just like oh it's not a big deal we'll just push it off until later um uh, yeah where the, the mm-hmm. catholic people are like no this is important and this is why and we still want to go through it even if we can't do all of the big frilly things that usually people do but like mm-hmm. we can still have our small intimate ceremony with our family and still make it happen right just yeah so exactly beautiful. exactly yeah so with that what are your top like wedding planning tips specifically for catholic people who are planning their weddings yeah, so I'd say probably, <clears throat> excuse me, I'd say probably the most general tip that I can give um, any bride is, is specifically when it comes to planning the wedding is to um, spend some time and really formulate what your vision for the day is. Um, the clearer the vision, the more likely you're, that's what you're going to see on the day. Um, whether or not you have a planner, just, you know, the more you know what you want, the better you can communicate with your vendors, the better you can communicate with your family. And that goes for things, you know, as, as designing as florals and centerpieces, but it also goes, um, you know, it also speaks to things like, I want the day to be uh, stress-free. I want the day to be about the sacrament, you know, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So during engagement, it's really important to have that clear vision in mind. You know, after the wedding day, are you going to feel like it was a successful day if all you were thinking about all day were the details of the reception? Um, or do you want to walk away from the day feeling like you had prepared for the mass, you were there for the mass, you experienced the mass and you weren't thinking about, you know, I, I hope that the um, florist arrived on time or, you know, that kind of mm-hmm. Kind of stuff. So that I'd say would, it would be the number one piece of advice is to, to formulate that vision because all your other decisions are going to come from that vision. Um, as far as, you know, maybe a little bit more specific um, budget tips, I'd say my best piece of advice budget wise is to find vendors who work out of their homes. Um, a lot of florists, a lot of bakeries, even sometimes caterers will work out of their homes if they're a little bit newer to the industry um, or anything like that. Um, and even caterers that are connected with a restaurant are also going to be a little bit less expensive because these vendors don't have any overhead. So they tend to keep their prices pretty low. Um, and then I'd say for specifically Catholic brides um, is to focus on the sacrament, to really make that part of your clear vision and to work um work marriage prep into your engagement the way that you would work like a a planning timeline you know like six months out I have to send my save the dates and but five months out you know I want to start this consecration with my fiance kind of just making it part of the planning process is really going to help you look back on your engagement and feel like you were prepared for marriage that's beautiful and if you don't want to worry about if you don't want to worry about the details then I I mean I can't not suggest that you are a planner. 
<laughs> for sure. I really, that's beautiful about how you mentioned um, planning spiritually as well as like planning for the day, because it is super important to, during engagement to continue to grow closer to your future husband and spend that time intentionally growing t- deeper together in like a prayer life together. I think that's super important. Like you mentioned. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so true because, and I, I always thought this and especially when I was engaged, um, people kind of treat engagement. Like it's like this, like hump they have to kind of get over, you know, to get mm-hmm. to marriage and, and in a way that's kind of true. But when you think about it, I, I mean, you probably were friends with your husband first and you will be friends until the day you die. And, um, then you dated and the idea is that you, you know, continue dating and having fun and getting to know each other until, you know, f- for the rest of your lives. And once you get married, um, you'll be married for the rest of your lives. And once you become parents, you're parents for the rest of your lives. But the only state that you'll ever have with your husband that's not going to last for the rest of your lives is engagement. And so there's something really special about just that period of time, um, that anticipation and waiting and um, super intentional pre- preparation. So um, I really challenge brides not to just sort of, you know, get through it, so to speak, but really enjoy it and get everything that there is um, to get out of that time. For sure. So with that, I know you mentioned like doing a novena or something with your future husband, but what are some other like concrete things that you can do either that you did before you got married or you wish you had done before you got married that you would recommend to somebody who's engaged? Sure. Yeah. So part of my uh, initial consultation with anyone who wants to talk to me about my services or, you know, about their wedding um, is always asking them if they've picked a patron saint for their engagement. That's um, always something that I suggest just because um, engagement is a stressful time, especially if you are planning one of those bigger receptions. Um, and especially right now with um, our current environment with the virus, uh, with things changing every day. So I always suggest that my clients pick a patron saint, whether it's for their marriage or just for their engagement. Sometimes people will choose whatever saint, um, whoever saint's feast day is their wedding day or just someone that they've both, you know, felt connected to together over the years, or maybe someone new that they really want to get to know and haven't ever had, you know, the excuse to dive into. Um, But definitely that one for sure. Also working aspects of the faith into the details of the day. You know, not just the sacrament itself, but, you know, if you're going to do that tradition with something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue, I usually suggest, you know, to buy um, a blue miraculous medal and have that put into your dress, um, you know, something like that, um, making a religious article incorporated into the favors, into your bouquet, into the centerpieces, just something that, you know, as you're going through the details, kind of like that um, more monotonous season of planning things out and, you know, making these decisions, you're being reminded at every turn um, of what, you know, what you're, uh, what we're doing here. And on your wedding day, you know, everywhere we look, we want to subtly remind ourselves um, of the the greater picture. And then um, I'm a huge fan of doing a consecration together, especially, you know, the 33 days leading up to the wedding day itself. 
um, my husband and I did the uh, 33 days to morning glory consecration. And we did it with the 33rd day being um, our rehearsal dinner night so that we could sign our um, consecration right after our rehearsal. And our, um, our priest was our witness for the signing of the consecration. And we went into our wedding day, newly consecrated to the Blessed Mother. Um, but I've had brides that will do that one, or they'll do the Louis de Montfort, more intense version. Um, or they've even done like a, a St. Joseph consecration um, that they kind of then remember on their wedding day by, you know, going and praying in front of the Mary statue or the St. Joseph statue and presenting flowers, um, that sort of thing. But it is a really nice reminder those 33 days before, just because if you don't actively focus on something, it's so easy to get distracted by a bunch of other things um, that lead up to a wedding day. Um, sort of a newer thing that I've been starting to suggest to people, just because I really like the love languages. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. Are you mm -hmm. familiar with yep. the five love languages? Okay. Yeah. So um, taking whatever time is left in your engagement and sort of dividing that time by five and focusing um, on each one of each of the love languages for those five sections and specifically, you know, talking to your future husband about um, like, how do we see Jesus showing us loving us in this particular way mm. you know like how do we see jesus loving us um through you know uh, words of affirmation like maybe for you guys you feel loved by the lord through words of affirmation by reading scripture and so then for like that period of time then like maybe that's what you focus on with each other and while also learning how to communicate love to each other using words of affirmation um and you know that that sort of thing just to sort of help you um get closer to each other, get closer to the Lord and do it together. I love that. For our listeners that don't know the five love languages, could you just briefly like just list them out for them? Yeah, sure. So um, I think I know them all. So it's words of affirmation, uh, physical touch, um, quality time. Mm, oof, what are the other two? I'm forgetting in the moment. <laughs> Acts of service and gift yes, giving. Yes, and gifts. Yes. Yep. Okay. You can probably imagine <laughs> that those two are not mine. <laughs> so it takes me a minute to remember those. But yeah, no, they're they're really great. And whenever I, um, whenever my husband and I focus on those, um, it's been really powerful. We were long distance for a little while as well, and found that to be really cool to focus mm -hmm. on. Um, especially if, if you're having like a long distance engagement or something like that. I really like how you said to divide your time by five and then focus on them like individually, because then at that point you can also start to learn like yourself and what ways you like to be loved, but also the ways that your spouse, your future spouse likes to be loved as well. And I think that's a super cool like way to do that. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Do you, have you guys thought about um, the love languages, you and your husband? Mm -hmm. Yep. So we talk about all, the love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We talk about them a lot. And for, as part of our marriage prep, our priest that we did our, our um, marriage prep with recommended for us to read the book. So we read the book before marriage and then kind of talked about it and just kind of shared which ones kind of resonated with us. And so we try to like practice them and um, inter integrate them into our life as well. Um, yeah. So just knowing, okay, like cool. it's super helpful just to know like which ways will help 
the other person feel loved more because right. we're each, we're different. So we need to be loved mm-hmm. in different ways and helping us to like fill our love tanks. Right. Way to do right. It. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Awesome. So what do you think is the most stressful part for people when they're planning their weddings? And what are your tips to minimize that stress? Okay. So I would say that that like really depends on the person. Um, for some people, the details of the planning process doesn't bother them at all because they're super organized and they have, you know, two years to plan their wedding. Uh, like that sort of thing, but maybe it's their family that really stresses them out or the family they're marrying into. Um, You know, sometimes we have, you know, some drama in the wedding party, you know, that sort of thing. Um, But whatever it is, I think it's really important at the very beginning. And I always ask my clients this at the very beginning, you know, what, what do they anticipate being the most stressful thing for them? Um, And then, you know, trying to figure out how we can minimize that stress ahead of time. Um, and for some people, you know, it's that they want the day to be perfect. And as a planner, I want to promise them that it's going to be perfect, but sometimes it is necessary to sort of help people maintain realistic expectations, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and help them understand, you know, like this, is going to be the most beautiful day that we can make it. And it's going to be the most beautiful day ever in your lives, because this is the day you're going to marry the person that you love. Mm -hmm. Um, but sometimes, you know, especially right now with, it feels for some brides, especially during 2020 and most likely 2021 at every turn, the government is, you know, (laughs) closing this or restricting that and that sort of thing. And it it can start to get really stressful, no matter what Mm -hmm. it is that you particularly were concerned about. Um, so sometimes it, it is really important to sort of take a step back and remember that, perfection is not what we're after here. Mm. The most important piece of the puzzle is that you walk away from this day married. And as long as that happens and we can, you know, agree that that was a successful day, if you walk away married at the end of the day, (laughs) then, you know, that kind of helps to just reorient our minds and reorient our priorities. So I'd say that that's my number one tip for reducing stress is just remembering why we're doing this remembering um, what, if nothing else, is not going to happen on this day, um, is that you are going to walk away with, you know, your husband, with your wife um, married and ready to start your life together, which is kind of the whole point. Um, Mm. And then beyond that, just practically, I'd say, you know, taking steps like, you know, if you can't afford to hire a planner um, or a wedding manager, that's kind of what I prefer to call it because no one can really come in on the day of and know everything that's going on. But, um, you know, hire someone, bring someone in to take care of those details for you so that you're not the one that has to deal with it so that you don't watch your maid of honor super stressed out all day because they're the one that ends up having to take care of all of it or your mom or, you know, whoever, Um, even if it's a family member, but just like make sure that it's like an appointed person so that it doesn't default you know, end up on anyone's shoulders. Um, I think that that goes a long way, especially on the actual day. As far as preparing for the day, um, I mean, source out the talent in your wedding party, in your friend group, in your family. Um, I mean, don't be afraid to (laughs) suggest to them, you know, if you have like a, a beautiful organist in the family or something like that, ask them if they would be willing to play the organ for your wedding as their gift 
um, if they, if, you know, if the um, baker in the family would be willing to bake, you know, cupcakes for you as their gift, you know, something like that. Um, everything that you can sort of take off your plate and ask somebody else to manage for you is definitely going to bring down that stress level for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'd say, I mean, really, I keep coming back to, um, I mean, wedding planners are kind of the most professional (laughs) solution to, to minimize stress. Um, but again, it goes back to really what is it that you're stressed about? If you're stressed about family matters, then a wedding planner is probably not your solution. But if you're stressed about the details and the logistics and making sure you're doing everything on time, then yes, probably a wedding planner is your best solution in that situation. If you're stressed about your budget, I mean, plan accordingly. Um, there are ways to get exactly what you're looking for at the budget that you have. People say, you know, they're worried that it can't be done, but I can promise you I've never not seen it done when a bride sets out to do it. So, um, but yeah, it really, it kind of depends on what it is you're stressed about and then walking it back and, and trying to figure out how to relieve that, that stressor. Hmm. Yeah, that's super good. Cause I know like, it's good to remember too, that your day might go, not go perfect in the way that you have it in your mind but it'll still be the perfect day like you said because you're marrying (laughs) you're marrying your best friend yeah Um, that's so true so yeah um I think this kind of ties in a little bit but what is the is there a difference between like the wedding coordinator that you might get from your church and the like a wedding planner like you are and what's the difference what are the benefits of using one or the other yeah, sure. So, okay. So as far as like any venue coordinator, I've worked with so many of them and they, most of the time are rock stars. Like usually they know what's going on. They know how to help you. They know, you know, maybe what you need before you even ask. They are usually really good at their jobs. At the end of the day, they do work for someone else though. They don't work for the bread. So at the end of the day, your venue coordinator has to act um, in the venue's best interest. You know, they, I mean, if there's like a vendor that the venue has a relationship with, they're going to work to preserve that relationship over preserving, you know, what you asked the vendor for, for example. Um, A wedding planner, on the other hand, is someone that works for you specifically as a bride um, and who is going to prioritize you on your day over, you know, any of those other relationships or, um, any of those other, uh, you know, things going on as far as, um, you know, deciding between a day of coordinator and a planner, most, most planners will offer both. Um, and you can hire them to come in for just the day of, um, I caution against hiring anyone just for the day of, just because usually it's almost more work for the bride to hire someone to come in just for the day because you have to educate them on everything that's going on. Um, Usually if the planner doesn't offer you like at least like a month long package as their quote unquote day of package, I would say skip it. Um, but anyway, but usually they'll offer you at least um, a month. I offer three months as part of my quote unquote day of. Um, and what that kind of looks like is someone coming in after you've hired all your vendors, after you've designed everything, after you've done all the work uh, and a few months before they take it all off your plate, they organize all of it, they make sure that um, everyone's on the same page, 
you only have to communicate with them and they communicate with your vendors for you. So you don't have like a hundred emails coming at you the week before your wedding. And um, I mean, the biggest things really that come with a day of coordinator, so to speak, day, usually months, um, is that they'll make you a timeline for the day. Uh, I mean, I make a timeline for the bride, one for the groom, one for the vendors, one for the photographer, one for the DJ, you know, all separate, mm-hmm. but all overlapping and, you know, jobs and stuff. Um, so that everyone knows exactly what's going on and exactly what's expected of them and when they have to be where. And then also usually your layout comes with your day of coordinator versus a planner. A planner is someone that um, is with you from the get-go, 12 months, maybe more. They're the ones that are going to do the work as far as hiring your vendors. They are going to do their research. They'll find out what the, what the costs are. They'll manage your budget for you. They will, um, you know, bring in just like the two top, you know, bakeries that meet your vision and your budget. And those are the only ones you have to decide from. You don't have to spend hours on online, you know, comparing reviews, getting quotes, all that stuff. They will do that for you. Mm-hmm. Um, they also have in design and decor. So they'll, you know, help you. You have to do is, you know, come to them with, I really like vintage or I really I'm obsessed with this like 1920s speakeasy vibe or I'm getting married outside, but I really want it to feel like a ballroom, you know, like that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And then that's on the planner to sort of help your vision come to life. Um, but that's not something that a day of coordinator would do. For example, that's, that would be on the bride. And then you would just tell them what you want or like what that's going to look like. Um, but yeah, so those are kind of just probably the biggest differences between the two and the investment is going to be different as well. Um, but I'd say I would say definitely to hire one or the other for a wedding. Um, I always say every wedding demands a coordinator. And if you don't hire a professional, someone is just going to get by default. So, um, I mean, not every wedding needs a planner. Or maybe you do because you want a best friend that's going to be with you for 12 months that is not going to get sick of listening to every single idea that you have. (laughs) Um, Or, you know, isn't going to get, bothered by you know going down eight different design roads um with you to try and figure out what it is that you'd like to see for your wedding so one other question I have that I ask all of my guests that's not related to any of this is what is your favorite bible verse or passage and why yeah so that's a really great question I'm really glad that you let me know about this question beforehand because there's (laughs) a lot I think that um, are hard to choose from but I really, I think that it really comes down to, for me, for whatever reason, I always come back to, I think it's uh, Matthew chapter five, um, the let your yes be yes and your no mean no. Mm-hmm. And I know that this doesn't really have anything to do with weddings or planning, or maybe it does. I'm not sure. But um, something about that verse has just always resonated with me because especially as a woman, sometimes I feel like we... Um, I don't know, we, we, when we say no to, to things, to commitments, to things, you know, that we feel, we feel like we have to justify it, or mm-hmm. we say yes to things because we feel like we can't say no or things like that. And I feel like this is literally Jesus giving me permission to just, you know, say, yes, I want to do that. And I, I don't have to justify it or no, I can't put this on my plate right now. And I, I don't have to justify it. Um, it's just, you know, that he's like giving me his blessing to, um, be in charge of my own schedule and in charge of my own life and Mm. not have to, um, constantly be justifying what I'm doing. Cause if I'm not careful, I 
I'm totally one of those people that falls into that category. Mm, That's beautiful. You know, from, you know, (laughs) my job to my personal lives, my personal decisions, all kinds of things. But um, if I could, one quote that I love that does have something to do with (laughs) weddings um, is from John Paul II. And it's authentic love is pure and always leads others to the source of love, which is God himself. And I just, that, that for sure, I think is um, super relevant to this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, not a Bible verse, but, <laughs> but still maybe a little bit more relevant than yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> but JP2 is always awesome. So always relevant. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Especially when we're talking about um, love and marriage and anything remotely related to the theology of the body. So (laughs) I figured I'd throw that one in there. Well, awesome. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Gina. If people want to get a hold of you, how can they best do that? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram and I have a website. My website is www.byginamarie.com and my Instagram is by underscore Gina Marie. And um, my email is all over both of those sites. So, um, I give it, but I feel like it might be easier to just look up the website and find it there. And I also have a, um, I have, uh, just a like contact form on the site where you can fill out, you know, your information and things like that. And I, I would like to mention, um, if it's okay with you that, you know, all of my consultations, the first consultation is always free if whether that's you know you're looking for a planner or you just need to talk to a professional for 30 minutes because you just can't figure out where you're going wrong with x y or z in your planning process um they're usually about 45 minutes long and we can talk about you know whatever questions you have um for free so i'd love to hear from any from anyone who has it on their heart or mind that you know they would like to chat about their wedding whether or not they're interested in hiring a planner Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, Gina. This has been a great conversation. Thanks so much for having me in. (laughs) Thank you so much. And thank you everybody for tuning in and I will see you in the next episode. God bless you. You have been listening to the Catholic Brides podcast. If you enjoyed this content, I invite you to subscribe to the podcast. If you would like to get in touch with me, I invite you to either message me on Instagram or send me an email at catholicbrides at gmail.com. I look forward to having you join me again, and I look forward to connecting with you in the future. Thank you so much, and have a wonderful and blessed day.